Hi, and welcome to this latest episode of Sepad Pod with me, Simon Maybon. Today, I'm joined by someone whose work I've long admired, I've long been reading, and it's really exciting to welcome him onto the podcast. I'm joined by Professor Sari Hanafi, Professor of Sociology at the Department of Sociology, Anthropology, and Media Studies at the American University of Beirut. I'm sure many of you know Sari's work. He's the Professor of the International Sociological Association, and he's published on on a whole range of issues pertaining to, to the Middle East to knowledge production, to political theory in the Middle East, to space, to camps, to Palestinian refugees, to understanding the case of Beirut. The the list of of publications is is endless, and I don't have time in the podcast or in a couple of episodes to list them all. So I guess, Sari, just thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, Pleasure for me. It's it's Uh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Sari. Thank you. It's really exciting to, to have you on. So, Sari, can you tell us a little bit about what drove you to, to get interested and involved in, in the, the intellectual study of the Middle East, please? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's so obvious. I grew up uh, between uh, uh, Syria, uh, Egypt, uh, Palestine, Lebanon. So I grew up here. And uh, uh, this is, uh, I mean, sociology, uh, in my sense, should start uh, locally before becoming regionally and, uh, and then internationally. Sure. So I, I can certainly see the, the impact that's, that the world around you would, would have had on you. But why sociology? Of all the different approaches that you could have used to understand the world around you, what was it about sociology that, that spoke to you? Well, I, uh, uh, I started uh, my, uh, uh, my university uh, study, uh, studying civil engineering. Right. But uh, in, the second day, in the second year of, uh, of my study, I realized uh, that it's, uh, uh, it's very difficult for, uh, uh, for me to, uh, uh, to handle material things in a society uh, ridden by conflict, authoritarianism, uh, myself, a Palestinian refugee, uh, growing in the refugee camps in that time, uh, in, in Damascus, Yarmouk camp. Uh, so I wanted, uh, in Marxist Mar- Mar- way, uh, not to understand the world uh, only, but also to to change it. So uh, this is why in the second year uh, I decided to uh, to do sociology, and actually uh, it was prohibited to do two. Uh, uh, two schools, uh, two major at the same time, but I, I transgressed uh, the Syrian law in that time. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, it was impossible for me to stop my civil engineering because my uh, my family already uh, considered this is mad to do uh, two majors <laughs> sure. because uh, I was the first. Uh, uh, engineer in, uh, in in the whole family. Right. Like, uh, uh, we we grew up in a in a in a camp, so we have a, 
a little social capital uh, so my uh, my cousin my uncles went uh, mainly uh, to study uh, science and then uh, become instructor in the in the schools this is the easy way yeah. of doing things uh, so I transgress this level uh, toward uh, uh, studying engineering. So it was no possibility for me to uh, detract from that. But then uh, all my investment was in, uh, in uh, sociology. So I have two questions, and, and it's really fascinating hearing you speak about this. But can you remember what it was that you read or that you encountered that, that pushed you into sociology? Because it, it's quite a leap, so there must have been something that, that took you into sociology rather than, say, um, politics or philosophy or, or religious studies. Well, uh, I was... Uh, uh, I was... Uh, 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 vivid reader. I mean, I sure. I, uh, I read a lot uh, in uh, when I was young. So I, until today, I mean, this is my my main hobby uh, hobby to uh, <laughs> uh, to uh, to read. Uh, so I was influenced by Malik Ibn Nabi. Right. At certain point, it's a, it's an Algerian thinker. Uh, yeah, a little bit Islamist, uh, but uh, very open to social science. Uh, it's through him I discovered the importance of social science. And then uh, I read um, uh, Muhammad Abid Jabiri, Muhammad Arkun. So I was interested in uh, how uh, to uh, to understand the religion in a in a in a different ways and what are the tools, the new tools that, uh, we can use. Uh, to do so, 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 uh, so this is why I went into uh, uh, into sociology, and and then uh, why France? Because I was uh, uh, influenced by um, Michel Foucault uh, and interested in Pierre Bourdieu and Michel Foucault. Sure. Uh, uh, so a kind of a, a critical to society, critical to uh, to hegemony in. Uh, uh, in uh, in culture, uh, be sensitive to power structure. Uh, as I said, uh, struggling against uh, colonial Israeli colonial project, but also uh, Syrian authoritarian regime. Sure, and it, it's absolutely fascinating. The, the The second question that I had, just stemming from your little reflections, was: Do you think that engineering has helped you in your career? Yes uh, and no. I mean, uh, yes, uh, this enhanced my social capital. Always I have a, sure. uh, yeah. a, a nice story to start a conversation <laughs> with people. I mean, to say, look, I, uh, I'm i an engineer, but uh, I'm professor of sociology. <laughs> yeah. So I make uh, people smiling, etc. So... Uh, Actually, I work one year and a half as an engineer. Right. Also, so it's not uh, only uh, I study uh, study it, but I I felt uh, it's not my task of cafe, uh, as we said in French. <laughs> it's not my. Um, uh, it's not what I, I want. Uh, so uh, actually, I uh, I work one year and a half while I, I was finishing my sociology degree in Damascus University. So um, uh, so if you like. Uh, 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 yes, engineering give you uh, more uh, uh, 
mathematical tools, uh, way of understanding uh, uh, science, science related to policy. Uh, if you like, uh, my first uh, study I did with uh, a late Safouh uh, al-Akhras, a Syrian sociologist. Um, uh, so, uh, so I help him in his book uh, on rural reformation in Syria and um, uh, uh, rural changes, if you like. And, and uh, so when he asked me to write uh, based on uh, some empirical studies, uh, he, he used to tell, uh, to tell me, uh, you are very stingy, uh, stingy in words. Uh, <laughs> and stingy, this stinginess in words coming from uh, the scientific equation we use in engineering, right. so no, no need for blah blah blah, a lot of blah blah blah, and uh, yeah, and it's funny because I moved from uh, uh, engineering uh, uh, study to uh, to study in France, where you have the, <laughs> the, the, the prose is very important in f- French sociology. Yeah, and and uh, and uh, those who edit my articles. Uh, in the in the early in my early career in uh, in Anglo-Saxon world in American university etc., they told me, oh my God, you know, uh, a lot of blah blah blah, French blah blah blah. I mean, uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, you can see it more in concise way. So sure. so I uh, I uh, isolate from. Uh, from this stinginess to a very generous toward, uh, words. That's a, a, a really interesting tension that you must be wrestling with, particularly with your sort of adoption of, of Foucault and, and later Agamben and, and others from the critical school who were, who were not known for their stinginess, let's say. So I, that's really interesting to hear. So... As your career moved on then, Sari, there are a number of things that, that you focus on, and and it, it's really interesting. You seem to be getting at real existential questions about the, the way in which people live their lives and the way in which sort of power manifests and restricts the way in which people leave, uh, can live their lives. So... I guess that that was personal, was it? That was driven by by a personal desire for for understanding and uh, empowerment. Uh, well, well, uh, well. Yes, I I want really uh, to understand. But in that time, I was also activist. So uh, so it, uh, uh, if you like, I. I was in a in an illegal uh, political structure, Syrian one, and right. uh, a legal one, uh, Palestinian one. Uh, so I was, uh, if you like, uh, studying and applying it directly how uh, uh, to understand uh, uh, how 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 this uh, how we uh, alter our praxis of uh, uh, in, vis-a-vis uh, different structures of power, whether this is a government or uh, the patriarchal family or uh, the religious authorities uh, uh, or, uh, uh, or uh, else. Right. And, and did that activist um, action or activity have an impact on the, the intellectual work that you were doing? I guess it would do, right? Yes, absolutely. Actually, uh, all this um, uh, 
uh, sometimes uh, we, we uh, I mean, uh, under the positivism, uh, uh, we tend to uh, uh, compartmentalize uh, our uh, um, uh, our activities. Uh, we say this is activism. This is more intellectual, objective things. But I think uh, we never say sufficiently uh, how much. Uh, our uh, uh, being on time to talk like Heidegger uh, <laughs> yeah. affect our understanding of the reality. Sure. So, uh, so I think uh, it, it takes me so much uh, time to understand that uh, uh, all this uh, um, uh, uh, discourse of objectivity, of reason, uh, like something... Uh, uh, no a priori uh, before uh, uh, exercising your uh, your reason that uh, yourself uh, 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 I'm here I think uh, in in uh, uh, the uh, Descartian way uh, I think it takes me more uh, uh, time to understand now uh, how uh, how much we hide our a priori's. And this a priori come from uh, our commitment, from uh, uh, from our culture, from uh, including religion is part of culture. So all this is, is a set uh, that will influence the way you will uh, uh, understand reality. But at the same time, I do believe I, uh, in universalism. I don't. Be, I do believe that humanity progress in its way of thinking. Right. Uh, so I'm not, uh, if you like, uh, 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 I should not be uh, understood like a particularist. Sure. I'm just, uh, if you like, I handle uh, both universalism and contextualism uh, in the same, uh, 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 both are there to me. So I don't work on dichotomic way between sure. these yeah. two uh, poles. So that's the engineer and the sociologist coming together in your work then, I guess. Well, if you like, but uh, I think uh, uh, my, uh, uh, as a, uh, my sec uh, secondary socialization came much more from my, um, uh, my activism right. uh, yeah. and, uh, uh, than from my uh, uh, being engineer. I sure. mean, as a professional identity, etc., it was really very, very light, if you like. All right, okay, okay. That, that's interesting to hear. Sorry, I want to talk a little bit about your use of, of, of some critical theorists, if I may. And uh, in particular... You use a lot of Foucault and you use a lot of Agamben in your in your work on space and sovereign power and, and the state of exception. And that to me is absolutely fascinating and I think that there's a great deal to be to be gleaned from the work of such scholars. Could you tell us, um, particularly people who've not read your work on, on these topics, what do you think these these scholars shed light on? What can they help us do to understand contemporary politics? Well, uh, uh, let me say uh, first that, um, uh, yes, uh, if you like, growing up in, um, in a very repressive and authoritarian state like Syria, I spent my first uh, quarter of century almost uh, in, in Syria, and I was really uh, very affected by uh, the fear of the state power. 
right. if you like. Sure. But at the same time, uh, I, I was also uh, uh, critical of many uh, uh, of, of society, of the different uh, uh, political commissar of the society. So, so when um, when I read uh, uh, Giorgio Agamben, uh, uh, of course Foucault is more classic, but uh, but uh, but Giorgio Agamben, it was really very important for me. Uh, to understand uh, that uh, uh, how by law we suspend the law, how this, uh, the, the state of exception, how uh, created in a, even in a country where you have normalization of uh, of democracy, normalization of law, etc. Uh, yeah. My first uh, application of that when I was in Palestine, actually, I was living in uh, uh, in uh, in, uh, in Ramallah between Beit Hanina and Ramallah, but at right. the same time, uh, I was uh, visiting uh, Haifa, Yaffa, many many uh, cities uh, within Israel, and uh, discussing with many scholars there, and I think. Uh, 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 I, I felt how um, how uh, uh, a, a, a so-called democratic state like Israel, and of course, uh, I think it's a very illiberal uh, uh, democracy, or or if you like, as uh, one of the sociologists uh, in Israel call it, uh, it, uh, it it's. Uh, Ethnography uh, and instead yeah. uh, or ethnodemography, uh, ethno uh, uh, democracy. Yeah. Uh, so ethnodemocracy it means that it do, uh, do, democratic, but there is a hegemony of one ethnicity, which is a Jewish ethnicity. So, so how uh, this uh, the whole uh, game is not like uh, in uh, in Syria, in uh, in Iraq, where. Uh, the, uh, uh, you can be discriminated, uh, obviously using a heavy uh, power, prison, torture, etc. It was a very soft, and uh, this softness of Israelis, the way they discriminate against the Palestinian of Israel, uh, how they uh, they uh, they handle the everyday colonial uh, uh, colonization of West Bank and Gaza. It was uh, in a very soft way. And Giorgio Agamben, which allowed me to understand the softness, if you like, and um, and to see uh, uh, how uh, our modern democracies, uh, uh, generally speaking, uh, can always have this uh, uh, this get uh, get rid of the, uh, the undesirable people, whether they are refugees, uh, opponents, etc., uh, by uh, uh, by the very law, A law which suspend the law. If you like, sure, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, so I so if you like, I use uh, a gambin in colonial context, and then I apply it for uh, the Arab world. I even um, I organize a, a workshop uh, in in Beirut. Uh, it's called the State of Exception uh, uh, in the Arab world, and I invited uh, Giorgio Agamben. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he uh, uh, he got sick right. in that time, and uh, uh, and he uh, uh, he didn't come. 
Uh, that's a shame. That would have been really interesting to hear his reflections of your application of, of his work. Because I think I think you're right. It, it sheds a great deal of light onto onto things that, that are taken for granted on the sort of the normalization of this this sort of softness of power and regulation. And I think it's it's absolutely fascinating to see what what comes out when you look at things that that are taking place within these these sort of democratic contexts, ostensibly democratic contexts. But then you you apply it to the Lebanese case as well. You use the Gambon to look at Lebanon, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I think I I uh, I think I develop uh, if you like mo- uh, new conceptualization, moving from a Gambian. Uh, um, uh, concept of state of exception to spaces of exception. Sure, that yeah. Not only by law you suspend the law, but uh, by law you you argue that the refugee camps are out of urban regulation, out of uh, citizenship regulation, uh, or rights uh, and the duties, etc., etc. But but confine those who are uh, for for you undesirable. In a, in in a, in, a, uh, in a specific geographical areas, which is the refugee camps, and how refugee camps become uh, uh, spaces of exception, where really you you uh, encircle them, they become enclaves, uh, uh, and uh, uh, and you think by 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 doing this, you will allow. Uh, the, uh, uh, if you like, uh, to live in uh, uh, without seeing them, if you like, uh, the middle class uh, or or this civilized world, so called quote unquote. So uh, so uh, so how uh, and then uh, the power of inclusive exclusion yeah. uh, that uh, I, I used to uh, to apply it to West Bank and Gaza, how Israelis uh, 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 grab uh, over uh, this, uh, this, uh, this territories, that I use it for, for Lebanon, that it's inclusive exclusion. It's a, it's a play between uh, include them as uh, as a um, uh, 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 as a resident of Lebanon, pay the taxation, but at the same time uh, excluded from any rights, right to work, to own properties. You should know that for our uh, uh, audience that uh, now after. Uh, almost two thirds of century, the Palestinian in Lebanon they don't uh, they they cannot work or cannot own properties. So sure. those who already have properties they cannot uh, inher- uh, uh, inherit it or, or give it to to their uh, uh, daughters and sons. So uh, so it's a uh, it's a terrible discrimination. So how this happened? Uh, in uh, in a this soft uh, uh, way is because they are confined in a specific areas. These areas make them invisible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. It, I mean, it, it's fascinating. It's 
whenever I read a gambit, it it scares me, to be honest. It scares me how easy it is to get into this type of position and and how how easy it can all become normalized and how easy we can all be rendered into this possibility of being hominus sacri, the, the, the one that can be excluded and killed from, um, excluded from life, that inclusive exclusion that you talk about. And I think that it's particularly relevant yeah, but, in the Middle East. At the same East. time, for instance, I, I, uh, I don't... Uh, uh, I also... My, my sociology is sociology of actors. So sure. I see how people resist. Exactly. I see how the Palestinians create their own uh, sense of uh, exception. How politi- Palestinian political commissar uses exception to, uh, to, uh, to not to elect their popular committees within the camps. I saw how young uh, Palestinians resist this. So it's, it's, uh, my sociology is a little bit more complex than uh, Giorgio Agamben one. And for instance, I don't use Giorgio Agamben when I study, uh, I studied the Palestinian of Jordan. Right, I see yeah. them more uh, resisting uh, to, to the state uh, uh, temptation to, uh, to exclude them. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the, well, simultaneously, that's one of the weaknesses of Agamben's work, this this failure to account for, for agency. And it's also, for me, one of the absolute strengths and joys of your work, this, this focus on agency and possibility of people resisting, even in that, that really sort of bleak condition of the state of exception that Agamben sets up. I think that's one of the things that that sort of saves me when I'm reading your responses to Agamben, that there is a little bit of hope, there is a little bit of optimism, and that comes out through agency. Uh, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's that's one of the things that I, I very much enjoyed about about your work, Sari. I'm conscious that, that we've taken up a great deal of your time already, so, so I think we should wrap it up right here. But for anyone that's not read Sari's work, particularly his work on on um, on the West Bank, on Palestine, on on the camps in Lebanon, it really is important and and highly worth your time. So Sari, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, pleasure for me, uh, Simon. Thank you. Until yeah, the next pleasure. time. And we keep on touch. Certainly. Yeah. Pleasure. Thank Bye. you.